For centuries, people of all cultures and faiths have wondered about life in the universe, speculating and pondering on the possibilities there. And what would advanced civilizations be like? What would they have achieved with their technology? How would they be able to travel within the vast distances between stars and solar systems? And have they themselves, those advanced races in the universe, overcome competition, conflict and war? Even today, many people believe that advanced technology is the same as advanced ethics and morality. They assume that if a race has survived over a long period of time, that they have by necessity overcome the predisposition to competition, conflict and war. In addition, people project their own values upon what life might be like in the universe. As a result of this, people project human values, human aspirations, human concerns and human ethics on their speculation about intelligent life in the universe. For many people, this results in a projection of the belief in a superhuman race in the universe. For it is very difficult for people to consider the races that are very different from their own, whose values and ethics are very different from their own. But the projection of human values generates both hope and fear. People hope that as a more intelligent, more benevolent a race of beings like us out there in the universe, who could teach us and help us and shepherd us through our difficult transition into becoming a race that is capable of functioning within a greater community of intelligent life. So around this there is a great deal of hope and speculation. However, there is also fear. For if there was a human-like race with our current values and attitudes and predispositions who is technologically advanced, they could be incredibly dangerous and destructive, even predatory in their affairs and connections with other races. So the projection of human values can generate either hope or fear depending on what part of the human family's psychology and behavior you want to emphasize, the highest potential or the worst tendencies. Humanity is unprepared for the realities of life within the universe, within this greater community of intelligent life. For the part of the universe that your world exists in is greatly inhabited. There are many parts of even your galaxy that are uncharted, for there are very few worlds that support the evolution of intelligent life.
for most worlds are barren, where life cannot take hold. This is important for you to understand because you must see that your world is incredibly rich and valuable. Not only rich and valuable for you, but rich and valuable for other races who see your world as a great prize, something they want to have for themselves, a world that you must value and that you must learn to defend. Of course, in the projection of human ideals, people assume that advanced technology is the equivalent of advanced ethics and morality. So, it is hard for them to consider that any advanced race would want to take advantage of such a wonderful species such as humanity. And over the centuries, theologians and philosophers and the general values of human culture assume that humanity is the centerpiece of creation. God's primary emphasis, focus, and obsession. All these predispositions, all these projections of values, indicate that you are not yet prepared for the reality of contact. You are not yet prepared to face a greater community of intelligent life which in itself represents a competitive environment on a scale you cannot even imagine. You are very primitive in your thinking still, but this is understandable because you have been living in relative isolation for a very long time. When we say relative isolation, it means that your world has been visited by different races for different purposes at different times in your history. So your isolation is not complete, but for you, in essence, it is complete. For you know nothing of the affairs of other nations and worlds. You know nothing of the realities of living within a greater community of intelligent life. You do not know the rules of conduct that are established between trading nations. You do not understand the ethics of other races. You do not understand their needs or even the problems that advanced technology within itself creates for any society that can establish it. Therefore, there must be a new education here for the projection of human wishes and fears, hopes and values cannot prepare you for the greater community. Even your scientific community, which seeks to be objective in its approach, is still highly governed by these predispositions. And as a result, there are many fanciful notions about what life in the universe would really be like. And of course, it is hard for the scientists to imagine a technological capability so far beyond what humanity has established thus far. And so many people within the scientific community believe that certain things are just impossible 
For instance, the assertion that you cannot travel faster than the speed of light. But if you could not travel faster than the speed of light, then space travel would not be possible. And yet, within the greater community of intelligent life in which you live, there is a great deal of space travel. There is a great deal of trade, both legal and illegal, both ethical and unethical by your standards. So clearly there must be a new education, a new revelation, a new paradigm of thinking and comprehension. For you are the natives of this new world, and you have no idea of what is going on beyond your shore. And yet visitors, intervening visitors from beyond your shores, are already in the world and have been here for some time. They are not governed by human values or human ethics or human morality. They are not subject to these things, for they are here for their own reason. They are not interested in you particularly. They do not need your culture and your art. And your wonderfully confusing expressions. They are here on a very serious purpose of their own. They are ready for you. They have prepared for you for some time. But you are not ready for them. You have not prepared for them. And your lack of preparation makes you incredibly vulnerable to manipulation and to deception. Given the reality of your isolation, given your anthropocentric foundation to your thinking, given the production of your own ideals and hopes upon the greater community, and especially given the condition of human societies today and their relationship with one another, you are in a very poor position as the native peoples of this one world. You are extremely vulnerable in the universe now. You have great defenses against one another. You have great armament and weapons of destruction against one another. But you have no defenses against the greater community. Nor do you understand what will be necessary for you and for all people in the world, and especially for nations and religious leaders, to protect and preserve human freedom and sovereignty within this world. Obsessed with their own affairs, the human family is not looking to the skies, is not paying attention to the intervention that is occurring does not give significance to those sightings that people around the world make on a regular basis. It is not their concern. It is amazing and incredible and unbelievable, perhaps, but easily dismissed, given the preoccupations.
there is two great dangers facing the human family. Greater than you yet realize. There is the great ways of change coming to the world in terms of environmental degradation, in terms of diminishing our resources, and the great risk of competition, conflict, and war that these will generate. The second great threat to humanity is intervention from beyond by races who are here to seek the world for its resources who are here to use humanity and to establish this world as part of their network for its strategic and biological value. These are the greatest events in human history. These are the most perilous threats to human freedom and sovereignty. These are the most consequential events in human history. And yet, how few people ever think of these things? How few people concern themselves with these things? It is not part of the public agenda of any government. It is not the concern of world religious leaders or institutions, at least not publicly. The problems that humanity is concerned with, the real in and of themselves, are insignificant compared to these two great challenges. For what can you hope to accomplish or to protect or gain if human freedom and sovereignty is lost through the clever intervention of other races? And what can you hope to achieve in terms of averting poverty and building human wealth and human security? if you cannot face the great ways of change that are occurring here in the world, which are largely the result of humanity's abuse of the world itself. Your challenges now are greater, and you must prepare for them. And these two great challenges are not unrelated. For those intervening in the world today, who represent commercial forces, they will support humanity's decline. For that will make their proposition of governance far easier for them to establish, either surreptitiously or publicly opposed. A weakened humanity will have difficulty declining the offers of an advanced race. And the more that humanity has fallen prey to conflict and war and destitution, the greater will be the attraction of the intervention's offers and proposals. Already today, the intervention is grooming its advocates and apologists to promote an extraterrestrial guidance for the world. Already today, the intervention is establishing its basis in the world and influencing certain select individuals in positions of power and influence in government, in commerce, and in religion. 
Certain people are obsessed with conspiracy theories, but their focus is misguided. The malevolent behavior of human governments or human commercial institutions is nothing compared to what the intervention can do here. And if its agenda succeeds, which remains yet uncertain, there will be no winners amongst the human family. There will be no vaulted societies. There will be no humans in position of power and authority. Everyone will be used. And everyone will share the same fate. For the intervention is intelligent. It does not seek to destroy humanity, but to employ it for its own purpose. This intervention's view of humanity is cold and calculating and unsympathetic. It views you as chaotic and destructive. It does not know individual freedom. Individual freedom is unknown to this intervention. It sees you are destroying this magnificent world, a world it seeks to have for itself, a world it firmly believes it can manage far better than you. And yet do not ever think that their governance of the world would lead to advantage for humanity. You have no idea of what harsh conditions it would create. Everything that humanity has ever created that is beneficial in its philosophy, in its sociology, in its political arena, in its art, would be destroyed. You would be slaves to a foreign power, a foreign power that is cruel and exacting. Quite unlike what you believe an advanced civilization would do or to be, and this intervention is not being generated from your neighbors in the greater community. For the rules of conduct in this part of the universe do not allow for conquest of other worlds, other inhabited worlds, where there is a native race. Those intervening in the world today are mercenaries. There are resource explorers and economic collectives, groups that are not highly regarded even amongst your neighboring worlds in the greater community. They are scavengers. They will present themselves as noble and they will use your spirituality and your spiritual idealism to paint themselves as liberators as emancipators, as almost angelic. But they are nothing more than opportunists. And this world and humanity is the opportunity. And there is more than one group that is intervening in the world today. As long as humanity appears to not be rejecting the intervention or fighting it visibly. The rules of conduct in your part of the galaxy will not prevent the participation here.
Some people say, well, if another race wanted to take over, they would just invade and take over. But you see, this is not how things work in the Kato community. If you are living in a very remote area and there were no rules of engagement regarding trade, commerce, in interaction between worlds, well, yes, that is possible. But this more reflects your values and the limits of your awareness. For worlds such as yours could be taken over without firing a shot. Take advantage of the natives' conflicts and their superstitions. Paint yourselves as gods and emancipators. Assist them in their own decline and their own conflicts and you can step into the corridors of power very easily. It just takes time. It has to be done gradually. The intervention does not seek to destroy the world's resources. They even view humanity as one of the world's resources. Though they would seek to limit your population, they do not want to destroy you. You are part of the resources of the world to them. Do you see, as above, so below, do you think the universe is full of enlightened beings? How can you be so foolish if you think these things? Do you think other races are fascinated with humanity? as if your idiosyncrasies are just a delight to other races? Do you really believe that advanced technology liberates you from having to survive in a competitive environment and having to gain access to resources? Such foolish thinking. And yet, such foolish thinking is prevalent in the world today amongst the very few people who even think about these things, who are even aware that contact is already occurring. There are people, unelected officials in your governments who know these things. But the population is still ignorant and self-obsessed and has not yet been prepared for the realities of the greater community. You are the virgin child in the big metropolis. You must learn wisdom and restraint, discretion and discernment. For there are three things that all worlds in the universe must establish if they are to remain free from outside domination. They must be united, they must be self-sufficient, and they must be extremely discreet. You can see right away that humanity has not met any of these three conditions. You are not united. You are destroying your self-sufficiency as, as fast as you possibly can by degrading 
the sustainability of your world's resources. And you are projecting all of your communications out into space, where they can be easily discerned by the discrete observer. You are living in a fool's paradise regarding the greater community. Now, you must understand that the greater community contains intelligent life at all levels of technological and ethical development. Not everyone in the greater community is predatory, but as it is within the world, there are individuals and groups representing many different agendas, motivated by a broad range of intentions. The critical thing that you must know now, if you have the strength and the courage to consider these things, is that advanced technology creates an increased need for resources. Worlds that outstrip their own self-sufficiency now must travel abroad to find what they need. And when they do, to the extent that they do, or are able to, they will become influenced by other worlds. They can become dominated by other worlds. You enter the in or competitive environment, functioning with races whose existence is far longer than your own, who have learned wisdom in the greater community, which you as humanity, the young virgin, have not. Never think that you can go out and plant your flags beyond this solar system, that the universe is there for the taking a big empty space for you to claim for yourself. Well, these places are already owned by others. There has to be a growing up here. You cannot be adolescent and hope to succeed in transitioning into the greater community. You cannot be enamored with your own power and skill and sense of self-importance if you are to venture out into an environment like this. You also cannot be predatory, for other nations far more powerful than you will oppose you. Consider again the three requirements to maintain freedom and sovereignty within this world. You must be united, you must be self-sufficient, and you must be extremely discreet. If you can establish these, which at this point appears to be a great challenge, then other worlds will respect you and will respect your boundaries and will respect your sovereignty. However, if you do not demonstrate these three fundamental requirements sufficiently, then others will think you are chaotic 
and you are ruining a beautiful world. And nothing will prevent them from intervening. This is true even of noble races in your neighborhood, in the universe. Now it is true that humanity does have potential allies in the greater community. But they are not intervening here. They recognize that humanity is not yet ready for contact, for you have not even begun to establish the three requirements. They will not come and share their technology with you because they know you would turn it into weaponry and it would only endanger the human family even more. They will not come and teach you peace because you would reject them and you would misuse the offerings. And you would either hold them up to be deities or you would try to fight them. They will send their wisdom from afar, which they have as the allies of humanity, but they will not come. To cross over the threshold from isolation, the participation of the greater community will be the greatest challenge that humanity has ever faced. And you must meet the three requirements to succeed in crossing over this threshold. If you fail, then your future is certain. Humanity must become united. It must become self-sufficient. That means, self-sufficient means you do not rely on other races to provide you the basic resources that you need to live. You do not become dependent on foreign powers or on predatory groups such as those who are intervening in the world today, who will sell you anything, be it legal or illegal, and will take anything from you, be it legal or illegal, in the affairs of the greater community. You should also understand that there is no central authority governing life in the universe. There are regional bodies who oversee trade and commerce to maintain order. But their reach is limited. They govern trade routes and have forums for different nations to communicate with each other and to establish treaties. But they do not rule. There is no empire ruling the universe. That is ridiculous. Over millennia, nations who have advanced technologies have been able to create a greater stability based on practical needs. And within this environment, such as the environment in which your world exists, outright war is rare. Conflicts do erupt and are sometimes resolved through diplomacy and usually resolved in this way. In more distant outlying regions, well, there are direct conflicts between worlds, but nothing that engulfs large parts of the universe. 
There are people in the world today who still think you're going to go out and just conquer what you want. Such foolishness. You have no idea what you're dealing with. The young adolescent thinks they're going to go out and takes the world by storm. They think the world is going to open before them and that their pathway will be generously supported by life itself. And yet, when they enter the real life, they face the problem of meeting their practical needs, self-sufficiency. They realize that other people do not care about them or are interested in them, and that there are some who will exploit them and even harm them. This is a good analogy for you entering the greater community. And you enter the greater community not because you yourself feel ready to enter the greater community. You enter the greater community because the greater community is intervening in your world. And why is this happening now, people ask? Why not 100 years ago, 500 years ago? Why now? It's a good question. But it has an obvious answer because humanity established a communications and commercial network in a technology that other races can use. Since you are part of the resource, they wait for you to build the infrastructure and then they will come and take it for themselves. This represents a greater degree of cleverness and patience than most people can entertain at this moment. So you're facing two great threats. You're facing a world of diminishing resources, a world of violent weather, a world whose planetary environment has been disrupted sufficiently now to create a grave threat to the well-being of all people. And you are facing competition from beyond the world. Terrifying, overwhelming it seems at first. You can hardly even be with it, it's so big. You want to run away and hide, get under the covers and pull them over your head. You want to go into denial and claim it isn't true. You want to say that God is going to come and save you, or Jesus is going to return, or Muhammad will return to rectify and resolve the situation. You think these things because you feel inadequate and unprepared. So God sends a new message into the world to give you this adequacy and this preparation because it's the greatest need in the world today. With this understanding, you will look at human conflict very differently. You will look at areas of the world that are in conflict very differently. You will see that humanity cannot afford war for any reason. You will see that humanity must protect and preserve and distribute equitably the world's resources, not because it is the right thing to do, but because it is necessary now.
These two great threats have the power to unite humanity in its own defense. For nothing else at this point will unite humanity. Thus, in your adversity, you find a great opportunity. A great gift, if you will. A greater possibility. So once you get over your fear and denial and all your bargaining and all this foolishness, then you can begin to look and see. What is the peace initiative for humanity? The peace initiative for humanity is to prepare to deal with the great ways of change, to offset the intervention and to prepare for life in the universe. And how is humanity going to prepare for the universe? It is going to need a revelation from God to help you. And it is also going to need wisdom and knowledge from the universe itself to help you. For there is a lot of practical wisdom that humanity, both its leaders and its population, must assume adequately to be able to function within this large environment in such a way that you could maintain your freedom and sovereignty within this world. The new message from God brings God's wisdom and encouragement and a great warning. But it also brings knowledge and wisdom from the greater community that you will need. For you do not know how to build a presence in the universe. You do not understand greater community affairs. You do not understand the rules of conduct that govern trade in this part of the universe in which your world has always existed. You do not understand the difference between your neighbors and those who would intervene in the world. This is practical wisdom. This is wisdom from the greater community. As a new message from God has brought into the world, wisdom from the greater community, as well as the divine inspiration, as well as a new teaching about human spirituality. Humanity's one spirituality that is at the heart of all your world's religion. For the emphasis now must be on human unity, human self-sufficiency, and human discretion and discernment regarding the greater community. For the future is here. The universe is not waiting for you. It is already at your doorstep. It is already looking into your windows. It is already flying through your skies. Avoid this, neglect this, deny this, and you will cast your future. This is how important this is. What could God give to the world now that the world needs beyond anything but a new message to teach you about human unity, self-sufficiency, and discernment and discretion regarding the greater community? Without this, the human family will decline. It will enter a period of prolonged conflict leading nations, peoples into a state of destitution. 
and the intervention that is here today will silently gain the reins of power. And it will cultivate people to believe that only it can guarantee humanity's redemption. Only it can establish a peaceful and harmonious existence for the human family. That only the intervention itself can redeem humanity and save it from itself. Already these messages have been sent and are being sent into the world through certain human representatives who have become advocates and apologists for the intervention. They will claim that without this extraterrestrial guidance and governance, humanity is hopeless, hopelessly corrupt, hopelessly divided, hopelessly inept, and that only the governance and guidance of those marvelous visitors, those gracious spiritual entities, the intervention, can save a struggling humanity. Humanity cannot prepare itself for the greater community. Humanity does need assistance but not from invasive, manipulative powers from the greater community. Humanity needs God's guidance and it needs knowledge and wisdom from the greater community. For humanity must save itself. Humanity must establish itself. Humanity must unite itself and establish its self-sufficiency in the universe. Humanity must learn to be discreet and discerning. And only a new message from God, not from an extraterrestrial power, but from God, the creator of all life, can give this to you. For even your most brilliant and educated individuals in the political arena, in the sciences, humanities, have no idea what is coming over the horizon. They don't even know what is happening here now. So immersed they are in obsessive concern for humanity's issues and problems and dilemmas. They do not see what is at the doorstep. They do not see what is coming over the horizon. They're living in their own little world, ignorant and unaware, of what is happening around it and even within it. The new message from God has come then to prepare humanity. For humanity must be prepared if it is to have a future, if it is to remain human freedom and sovereignty in this world, in the face of the greater community if it is to end its ceaseless conflicts and to establish a cooperation that is built not upon a shared ideology but upon the recognition of necessity. It is not what humanity wants, it is what humanity must do. And this must will organize human activity, human awareness, human cooperation, 
based on necessity, not upon fantasy or desire or wishes or religious edicts or ideologies. Humanity must do certain things or it will fail. And if it fails, it will be overtaken. That is certain. Therefore, you must learn about the greater community and you must learn about the great ways of change. It receives in God's revelation, for only it can prepare you and alert you and encourage you and ignite the deeper spiritual knowledge that God has placed within each person to guide and to protect them, a knowledge that has yet been discovered by so few within your world a knowledge that will be necessary now to see and to know and to take the steps of preparation that are necessary. For the hour is late and humanity does not have much time. Time now is of the essence. What will make the difference is inspired individuals in small groups of individuals. Not everyone is going to awaken to this. Not everyone is going to learn, to prepare. So it is up to those individuals and small groups of people to establish this emphasis upon human unity and cooperation with the recognition of necessity. You must see that those who are flying around in your sky are not tourists. They are not here on a science project. They are not part of some university project from some other world. They are resource explorers. Read about this, learn about this, and do not be deceived by the intervention and its claims of spirituality and nobility. Do not believe it is here to save humanity. Its intentions are far more prosaic. Nature is competitive. The competition for environment is part of nature. Nature exists throughout the universe. Do not think that the laws of nature do not hold true for other races, regardless of their technology. Do not think that technology will save you, or you'll give yourself to a race who is technologically superior to you. All these things that are being shared with you here are part of gaining a greater community awareness and understanding which is so greatly needed now. When you begin to see this, it will be clear as day too. But you must begin to see it and you must stay with seeing it. You must look and look and look. And then you can gain an understanding. And the new message will help you gain this understanding. And you will see that this understanding is not some fantastic or distorted view of reality but it is reality itself. And that it coincides with everything you know about nature. 
and everything that history has taught you about the nature of interventions, which are always carried out for self-interest. A new message wants to amplify your worldly wisdom and give it greater scope and application within a greater community context. It wants to amplify what knowledge within you is already telling you and has always been telling you. It wants you to outgrow your fantasies and your preferences and your self-obsession so that you can see the movement of life both within your world and in the greater community itself. It wants your religions to be based on knowledge, not upon the belief in heroes and heroines, not upon the assertion of absolute ideas. For no one in the world knows the mind of God, or what God is doing now. Never think that God's revelations to humanity are complete, for they must be ongoing. And these revelations are given at critical times in history to prepare humanity to meet a great challenge and to use a great opportunity. The great challenge before you now is facing the great ways of change in the world with all of your energy and commitment and to face the reality of the intervention in the greater community with all of your energy and commitment. And the opportunity for you is to escape from the hell of your own self-obsession, to end human conflict, to generate human unity based upon necessity, upon a greater community awareness to meet the great ways of change and to offset their great hazards and to turn your defenses against the greater community for you must protect the world from intervention for there is intervention now and there will be intervention in the future if you are to be free, if you are to be respected, if you are to be a sovereign race in the great community, you must learn to establish your boundaries in space. You may claim authority over the solar system, but no more. That is the limit to God's endowment for humanity. If you seek control beyond this, then you will become an aggressive and predatory nation and universe. And others will oppose you, and eventually you will fall. You have certain rights, but you have certain responsibilities too. Do not claim these rights without claiming these responsibilities, or you will not realize what you are doing. In the history of the universe, Emerging races such as your own have so often fallen prey to foreign domination, have been absorbed in other races, cultures, and political establishments, and in so many cases have simply been enslaved like herds of animals. In the history of the universe, every possible area you can imagine has been committed countless times. Do not then become another statistic in this. 
God wills that humanity become a free and united race in the creator community. But to achieve this, you must become united. You must become self-sufficient. And you must become extremely discerning and discreet regarding your relations and interactions with intelligent life and universe. You must gain the wisdom and experience to tell friend from foe and to discern those who would use you for their own purposes. God gives humanity what it needs, not what it expects or wants. You pray to God for little things, and God gives you the great thing. You do not know your predicament or your vulnerability, but God speaks to that. You do not know your true priorities in life, but God speaks to your true priorities. What people want and expect from God at this point do not represent the great needs of humanity. And it is to these great needs that God has given the new message for the world. To prepare the world so the world may have a future to prepare humanity so that it may have a future, to nurture the growing evolution of human freedom and cooperation, which is still so fledgling here, to nurture this and to prepare it for the great challenges 